0: Hey there, Sitwits. It's your host Chris Chavez, and uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been hinting about a couple changes coming to the podcast and as well to SidiousMag.com. So we're coming up on our first birthday. SidiousMag will turn one year old on February 7th, and it's been, you know, a really fun year. You know, we're creating mostly high content, high quality articles, some podcasts, videos centered around the world of, you know, running. Maybe you're a washed up college athlete. Maybe you ran track in high school, or just, you know, perhaps you're 35 years old, still grinding it out every day. Whoever you are, you know, Sidious Mag is making stuff that you'll find relatable, insightful, and maybe sometimes a little bit funny. So, as we are approaching our second year on the web, we've decided to launch our Patreon account. And it's just $8 a month. Consider it buying a Chipotle burrito for the website, pretty much. Um, and if you donate to the site and become a Patreon member, you become a member of the Sidious Mag Track Club. So what that means is not necessarily that you are, you know, going to be racing or training in a Sidious Mag Track Club singlet or gear all the time, uh, but it's your, it's your way of joining a community of people who support what we're doing and, uh there's going to be a couple different changes made the first of which is there's a members only version of the csmc podcast um you know with every guest we do the second half of the show where i take some listener questions and you guys get the answers from directly from the mouth of these professional runners that you watch on tv or uh, have seen in person and so those burning questions We're going to put them behind uh, the Sidious Mag Track Club uh, Patreon. And it's only $8 a month, so if you want your question answered, it'll be right there. Um, And we're going to cut the version just for the members. And this is the first episode that we're going to be doing that with. It's the Leo Manzano episode. We'll get to that shortly. Sidious Track Club merch. We're going to have that as well. Uh, And it'll be accessed only if you're a Patreon member we're going to give you discounts to various running outlets as well. We partner with Run Smart, Running Warehouse. Uh, you've heard our ads before for things like Morton, so that's going to all continue and we're going to be supported with uh, by several other uh, running outlets. And in addition, you know, if you become a Sidious Mag Track Club member through the Patreon, you'll get some free stuff as well. We're going to get we'll get your address and we're going to send you some things like stickers here and there or a drawing by Ryan Sterner. Those are always great, and so there's a little perks here and there that add up. And hopefully, you will continue to support the site. It's eight dollars a month. It's not that not that big. We're not asking for too much, but we want to continue to provide you guys with some really dope content. And so, uh, consider donating to SidiousMag.com by signing up for our Patreon. I'll have a link to that in the show description. So, uh, yeah, that was my pitch for you guys, and uh, I hope you continue to support the site and the podcast. My guest for today's show is none other than the 2012 Olympic silver medalist in the 1500 meters, Leo Manzano, who also, I guess, was my uh, housemate for a week in 2013 uh, when I stayed out there in London. And I got to see his training pretty up close before uh, he competed at the 2013 World Championships. But uh, yeah, Leo and I talk about of course the Olympic race in 2012 and how that went for him very in-depth answer and you kind of feel like you're in his shoes when he tells the story this time around and we also you know that's a really high point in his career we go through some other great moments but also Leo is very open about talking about some of the struggles that he's had you know some of them recently as well and how he Puts his head down and continues to work hard to get to uh, what he considers to be a success on the track. So, without further ado, this is the Leo Manzano episode. Let's start the show. All right. We are live uh with olympic silver medalist leo manzano leo welcome to the city of smeg podcast uh so how's training going right now how's everything how's everything been out in texas
1: hey, hey chris uh well i guess i guess first of all I have to th- thank you again for this interview and uh you know uh, it's exciting to be be on the show um you know texas is good it's uh, semi-warm i say it's semi-warm because it's 52 degrees which is you know it's kind of it, it's cold for us but it's not that cold so uh but you know uh, t- you know, training is going well. Um, you know, everything everything seems to be falling into place. Uh there's a couple of things that we gotta get right, but uh other than that, I think we're doing well.
0: Yeah. So what's kind of your outlook on, uh, this season it's 2018. This is, uh, an off year for world championships. And, uh, a lot of people use this as kind of like an opportunity to, you know, chase personal best and run super fast. Now, the hard part with someone like you being a veteran of the sport is that those PRs are really fast and there, you know, it's been a couple years since you've hit some of those PRs. So maybe you have to kind of change up your goals a little bit where it's not really focused on PRs. What is the outlook for you and what are you focused on this year?
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, I think the first goal is, I mean, I guess the first goal and every goal is always to run fast. Right. And I think that there's, you know, several steps to doing that. And, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, obviously the workouts always have to go, you know, according to plan. And so in terms of workouts, I'm, I'm really happy with, with where, 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 where we're at right now. Um, you know, I'm running anywhere, anywhere from 70 to 80 miles a week. I think I may have had an 85 mile week uh, not too long ago. Um, so, so yeah, in terms of in terms of workouts, I'm there. Um, you know, I in the fall in December I ran a 403 mile. You know, the the goal was to go back and and break four. I you know I fell short of that. Um, you know, and so then I raced uh, about a about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, didn't go quite as uh, as I had hoped. Ran <laughs> four twelve it's one of those things, you know, it's like, you don't ever hope to to run, you know, I mean, 412 is not, not slow by any means, but it's not what, you know, it's not what I expect or what, you know, other pro- people probably expected me. Um, but I, you know, I, I think regardless, you know, it's, it's one of those things I'm still at it. I'm still going, I'm still motivated. Um, and so, you know, I just want to go back out there. I want to, I, I want to race and start feeling like my normal self again. And I, uh, so I'm actually I drove into into Texas Tech or or, or to or to Lubbock last night uh, in preparation for an 800. And as you know, like usually what a lot of milers do is that they'll do an 800 right beforehand to just kind of tune up their body and, and kind of uh, and, and kind of get some 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 faster pace in the legs. So that way when they go run the mile, it feels like it's uh, it's not as fast or it feels like a more comfortable pace. Uh, and so, I, you know, I'm really excited to, to, to go out there tomorrow. Um, I'm racing here in Lubbock tomorrow uh, at the 245 in the 800. Um, and just really just hoping to go out there, have a fast time, you know, get out really fast. And don't think about the race and just and go for that win.
0: See, I have some respect for you finishing that race and it was 4.12 because, you know, we've got, sometimes you see a case where a pro knows that in that third lap that it's over, like, this is not going to be a good result. And like, I mean, I don't want that to be show up on, you know, my results sheet or whatever. So going into that final lap, what do you kind of tell yourself when you know that, you know, the time is not going to be pretty and the workouts have been going really well? So what do you tell yourself to one, finish the race. And then afterwards, you know, you're going on a cool down. Do you do something extra to make up for it? Or what, what's that process like?
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, you know, I think first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, I don't ever want to, dr- you know, if it's not, if it's not actual like hurting pain where it's like, you know, like where I'm hurt. Um, you know, I, I think it's okay to push, to, 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 push through that, you know, through the race or whatever. Uh, Because one of the things that I don't want to do is to drop out just to drop out because I feel like what happens sometimes is is a runner, and you probably see this a lot with, you know, know, although running is very simple, we don't want to, you know, sometimes we complicate it and we don't want to complicate it. Um, But one of the things that happens with runners is that once they start dropping out of a race, it becomes a habit. And that's always been one of my things that I don't ever want to create that habit of dropping out. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, st- I'm going to stick in here. I'm going to finish it. I know it's probably not going to be the best thing, but I'm going to stick in here and, and f- I'm going to finish it out.
0: Yeah. And then after you're done the cool down and I mean, is there some frustration that you just have to get out or, or w- <laughs> what's that like?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things is like, you, you know, you have to take it in stride. Right. So, one of the things that we've tried to do in the past and, you know, and as a runner, you know, and, and being in the sport for so long, not every race is going to be the best race. And, you know, sometimes you do have some incredible races, which you're just, you know, super ecstatic about. Um, and one of the things that we try to do is to try to keep a level head, uh, you know, doesn't matter if you have an incredible good race or just a terrible race. Uh, and we, we, we try to keep, we try to keep our emotions pretty, pretty mellow in in the sense that, you know, we celebrate for maybe an hour to, you know, to two hours afterwards, obviously, you know, the feelings of, you know, joy, of joy or frustration are either are there regardless, you know, after a race, but, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, when you go out, you race, you know, whether it was good or bad, you, you can dwell on it for an hour or celebrate for an hour and then it's done. And then you move on. Right. Um, but you know, in terms, in terms of, you know, training though, uh, you know, we, we will actually now go back and, and, and we'll do like a mini workout session afterwards. some very light, it doesn't have to be anything too insane, but it's, it's something to to continue with keeping the volume up in in terms of miles or, 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 you know, working on certain aspects of, of, of the race or or running or, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, tempos or or faster paced running.
0: So when I talked to Alan Webb a couple of weeks ago, and we did the episode, and I asked him kind of like, how did he know at the end, like toward the end of his career, when it was getting really hard to drop down in these times, like what what did that feel like? And, and he was he said he stressed the importance of digging deep, and when he was running, you know, three thirty and these you, these crazy fast times, he remembers how deep he had to go and just. When he was coming to you know the Milrose games in 2014 at that point he he knew he was gonna be done and that digging deep it just wasn't happening that well so what do you remember about the how you felt at the end of that three fifty mile mm-hmm. uh that you ran for that's your PR so three fifty digging deep how did that feel and then how does that contrast to now when you uh you know you've got something where you're trying to you know get back on the the sub four pony mm mm-hmm to dig deep in that last lap, how hard is, is, is that right now?
1: You know, and that's a, that's a great question, you know, and, and I think that um, one of the things that probably helped me a lot um, as I was kind of coming, coming through the ranks is I didn't think about it, you you know, and sometimes not thinking about it is probably, you know, running is actually a very simple sport, right? You, you, all you got to do is get in position, you go, I mean, obviously, you know, in terms of training, there's a, you know, it's, it's like a, a mountain of training, right. But yeah. in the race, you, you, know, you, you, the goal is always to kind of get in position, you know, to, 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 find a good spot and then just kind of stick there until it's time to kick, you know, or to, to make your move towards the front. Um, so I would say, you know, during that time or during my college time, for some reason, it, it just, it was very simple. It was very simple. And it was just, it just felt for me, it felt easier. It wasn't necessarily that I was digging deeper. It just felt easier. Um, you know, and for some reason, the word, the word flawless really comes to to mind. I don't know why. Right. But it it, it does. And I think it's because it's like, um, you know, you, you are out there and I mean, obviously it is, it is hard. Um, but for some reason, you know, you just don't think about it and it just, it's just easy.
0: Now, have there been some injuries that have come up like in the recent, in recent years? Cause how different has it been holding up that body of yours before you turned 30? And now I guess you're, you're 33, right?
1: 33. Yes. Yes. You know, so, uh, you know, one of the, I, uh, you know, kind of just backing up slightly. Um, so when I was 30, uh, I actually hit a PR, uh, yeah. in the 1500 meters. So, you know, I, I really do think that it's, it, you know, obviously training is a big component of it, but also, um, well, there's a running is interesting, right? Because there's a big, there's a lot of things that have to happen, right? From support to coaching to what you're doing, the lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes I really don't think that it's it. It doesn't matter how old you are, right? I mean, I, I think I think you know, and and you could correct me if I'm wrong. You know, runners are definitely going later now. They're 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 running. They're still running faster times and hitting PRs at a later time in their life than where it used to be. Right. Yeah. Um, So I I guess that, that being said, you know, I, I I think it's um, sometimes it's almost just a matter of having things align and the, and I guess one of the, I don't want to say hiccup for me. And one of the reasons why I think things kind of went awry for me, right. Kind of a lull, um, and I, I'm, you know, for some reason I'll blame it on 2016 and 2016 was just the worst. <laughs> it was a good year, but it was like the worst year for me. Um, you and
0: know, it's I, a tough time to have that year being the Olympic year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, it was very, very hard. Um, especially because, you know, it's like you, I, I pushed my body, I pushed my body and I'm going, I'm pushing and, and trying to make, make it work. And, you know, I, I kind of had relapse after relapse and, and after relapse of pneumonia, um, and so it was just like my body, my body and maybe even my mind at some point were just like, hey, like something's got to give, you know, and, and that's why I think I'm also an advocate of, you know, like, hey, it, push when it's time to push. But, you know, if, if if it's unnecessarily pushing, there's no need, right? It's okay to back off. It's It's okay to, to miss, you know, a day or two or maybe even three days instead of missing two or three weeks or four weeks, right? Um, and that's kind of the situation that I found myself in in, in, uh, in 2016 was, you know, I have incredible training and then all of a sudden I would get, the, you know, sick and then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a day off or, you know, you know, and, and I'm going to be fine. Well, you know, or I, you know or, or I was like, you know, I'll do this weight session, you know, it's not going to hurt me to do this weight session. And then right after that, it would just like my immune system would just fall. Um, and it was just like <laughs> recurrence after recurrence,
0: yeah, and so, after a season like that, twenty sixteen how you mentioned that there is some optimism because you're starting to see, you know, people still having success later on. And Bernardo Legate is like the biggest exception to that. Like he sets the bar high for what success at a, at an older age. Um, but for you to commit another four years to, you know, another Olympic cycle, a lot of people, that's not easy, uh, especially given how many you've gone through and you had that long streak of making every U S national team for a bit. And we'll talk more, a little bit more about that in a second. But the, process and you know thinking about you know you've got a family now it's like committing to Tokyo at this point like it was that hard for you
1: you know I'm gonna say yes and no um uh, the reason you know yes because it is it is another you know it is a lot of sacrifice you know we're on the road a lot um you know I have a five-year-old um I you know I just I, I try to spend as much time as I can with him you know, I see him kind of intermediary when, when, uh, when, you know, in between sessions or after practice, you know, or, you know, so I do, I get to, I get to spend time with him. And so being gone and being on the road is is hard, right? And as we know, uh, racing can be a very tough way to make a living as well. It's not, <laughs> things are not just handed to you, right? You have to, you have to work for them. And so when, you know, when you have a family that's kind of counting on you to to provide in the sense of running it, you know, there's a lot of pressure to to make things happen. Right. And so, and especially when you're kind of in a year when things are maybe not going the best, it's kind of like, okay, well, what do you do? Right. Um, but you know, I'll say that, you know, running for me has been my everything. I, I mean, I've ever since I can remember, I've enjoyed to run, you know, there's not one day that where, where I, you know, where it's like, where we have practice, And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not going to practice. It's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready for practice. I'm ready to be there. I'm I'm ready to go through the grind. Like, there's something about the grind of being, being, you know, having that, um, you know, just doing that like on a daily basis or having that routine, right? There's, there's something about that, and I, and that's something that I just love. And obviously now, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mentoring these younger athletes. Uh, you know, it's, I guess it's something I've always done, but now it's kind of more like on a, uh, um, uh, on a more, more on a daily basis. Now we, we have approximately, um, three or four athletes that are, that are younger than me. Um, you know, they're 22, 23, um, you know, some of them running, you know, 800, 1500, or, you know, 5k and, you know, I'm showing up to practice and I'm competing against them and training and um, you know, and it's it's kind of it's a good thing, right? Because I feel like they keep me young, and I, you know, I teach them, you know, experiences and just things that that I've kind of done along the way. Um, and so, but you know, there's no substitution for being being out there on
0: the track. Definitely. So you've been able to make the 1500 your bread and butter for so long. Over, I mean, it's more than a decade now. And I mean, we've got two years till Tokyo. I know a lot of people. Make adjustments here and there. Once you know they start to see, you know the competition is getting tougher in this event. For you, has the thought ever crossed to to move up? It's the five k at least.
1: You know the the you know it's funny is I get a lot of requests are like, hey, what do you think about trying a five k? But it's never been one of those things that it's like it's never the five k hasn't really appealed to me. Um, you know, in, in in when I was in college, I did cross country and I would do the ten k and and I have a pretty decent time, you know, to twenty nine thirty in the 10 K, but it was, um, you know, I, I know that, that the training is slightly different. Um, there's more time that needs to be dedicated. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it wouldn't be too, too far off of a difference in, in training because I'm already doing very similar type 5k type training, right? It's just a matter of, it would be a matter of fine, fine tuning some things. So there, I mean, there, there could be a possibility of me trying a 5k. I, I wouldn't want to just kind of go out and and be in a, in a super 5k right where I'm running against like 13 or 12:50 guys right it would have to be something that's more at my level right now and then you know we would have to kind of see where that went
0: yeah so i mean i'm trying to think beckele body build wise very it would be pr- very, pretty similar to you but like is your body like you the, sh- the short you've had that advantage where you're just small enough where people don't see you coming in that last lap of a 1500 or a mile in a yeah. 5k would your body type translate that well
1: <laughs> you know i i in terms of efficiency i think i'm ve- i'm a very efficient runner um you know especially when when i can get myself to to be in in really good shape you know i mean i can crank you know i know this doesn't sound like a very fast you know time but you know, in terms of, you know, seconds per lap when I'm in really good shape. I mean, I, I feel like I can crank 70 seconds per lap, not all day, but, but for, for a while, right? Like that, that's kind of like that I can, I know I can do that for a while. So it's one of those things you, 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 think about it and you're like, okay, well, if I can do that for, you know, this, this amount of time, then I should be able to run a certain time. Although I don't really have a true PR in the 5k, you know, it's one of the, so it's one of the things that I would like to do if, before I'm done running.
0: so now i i like taking this trip down memory lane with with uh these runners so we're gonna look back at some of your your best races so i'll start there if i asked you right now what's the best race you've ever run is the answer as obvious as i think it is like uh, is it the is the answer what everyone thinks it is which would be Uh. london (laughs) london (laughs)
1: well you know there was something really magical about London um you know I, I mean I think just off the top of my head for some reason there's just three races that really pop pop out and definitely London is very is definitely up there it's one of one of the most magical races just because the things that had to happen for that for me to get there um, you know were were it was tough to get there I mean um you know that year was one of my best years um you know, and, and probably about I'm gonna say probably about a month, two months before that race, I you know, I head to Europe to in preparation for the Olympics to get acclimated. And I get off the plane, I do an eight hundred in, in France. And um, as I'm doing this eight hundred, I, I step off the track. I end up winning. I get up but I step off the track. I'm supposed to cool down and, and um I feel like something's not right, you know, like so something in my hips or something in my hamstrings is not right. My my hamstrings bothering me. I'm supposed to do a session the next day, and I can't run faster than thirty five seconds wow. um, yeah, so then I spent um you know i'm trying to do, yes I'm trying to work out I'm trying to do all this stuff and so long story short um I couldn't work out for about two weeks uh which was it was it was very very difficult um so I had to uh th- so through my previous agent what we did is we had to get x-rays so I got to x-rays And it turned out that my hips were, um, uh, not aligned. So it was, I had a, I think it was a three or four millimeter offset where one of my hips was higher than the other and it was kind (laughs) of twisted. I think that must've been because of the travel and and then the racing and all that. Um, needless to say, we still had about three weeks or, you know, two and a half to three weeks before the Olympics. And so, you know, I had to kind of go through this process of seeing these chiropractors and kind of, you know, um, just kind of get literally get beaten back into, in, into position, you know, or, or my, my, or get my frame beaten back into position. Um, and that was, and that was tough, right? Because, you know, you're having the best year year of your life and then all of a sudden this happens, you, a little bump in the road and I, it kind of messes with your confidence a little bit. Right. So, you know, we go into the Olympics and obviously I, you know, I'm not a favorite to win. I'm not a favorite to do anything. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like, Hey, you got to give yourself a chance. Right. Um, and so, you know, I step onto the track and race goes off. Um, it, and it's fun. It's kind of funny as, as we're thinking, you know, we're talking, I, I remember you actually being there, you, you know, with, and I think,
0: no, no, I wasn't there. I was, I, I came the next summer. I was there for twenty fifteen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: okay. So sorry about that. For some reason I thought it was, um, yeah. So, so, so then, um, but yeah, it was one of those things. You, know, you step on the track and you go, and and I find myself in the back, right? Well, it's kind of one of those things when when your when your confidence has kind of been altered a little bit because of you know the issue you went through. You don't know exactly what to expect, and so you know I'm find myself in the back. I'm trying to gain position, trying to make you know push myself up to the front. But you know in these type of races, it becomes very tactical and a bit aggressive, right? So people are definitely a little more aggressive and. So with 400 meters to go and as you know with usually with 400 meters to go you have to be up towards the front you know yeah. especially in, in in a in a championship style race and and I'm nowhere'm I'm, I'm nowhere even close to the front i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm second to last <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it's not not the best situation um but it was just one of those things it's like you start thinking about your family your friends and just all the work that you've put in for this particular moment in time and you think to yourself it's like like, Hey, am I ever going to have this moment ever, ever again? Right. You know? And, and the true answer is like, you know, I don't know, probably not, you know? And it's almost like, it was as though I woke up and my body and mind kind of connected or reconnected. And I was like, man, I got to go, I got to go. It's, you know? And so then I find myself passing athletes, um, not letting, not necessarily left and right. Right. But I I feel like I was, you know, and as I pass more athletes, I would, I would gain momentum and, then I find myself passing on the curve and with a hundred meters to go, I'm in approximately like fifth or sixth place. And that's kind of, I think when I kind of knew I was like, you know, if I start kicking and if I pass at least two or three more athletes, you know, I'm, I'm in metal contention. Yeah. So then I just started kicking for home. I mean, I just started kicking and then I passed one athlete and then two athletes. And then I'm like, I think I'm in third. I think I'm in third. I was like, I think I can get second. And then it was just like, I crossed the finish line and, you know, that's when I knew I was like that I just won an Olympic medal, you know, and yeah. I, I mean, I right after that I fell to the ground because it was just like overcome with joy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so into that final lap, I mean, you have less than 60 seconds uh, till till the finish line. And at that point, I mean, you got all these motivations kicking in. If you think about it, I guess, like uh, from the driver's seat, you put us put us in your shoes zigzagging you've done it at u.s championships we have to pass these guys was this like anything you had seen before was it just kind of like all right did you have to how much maneuvering did you have to do and like what was that vision like for you
1: yeah so uh, from what i can remember you know with so with 40 meters to ago you know i was definitely towards the back and you know at that point the kicking has already begun uh, i mean people are going to run anywhere from you know 50 to 52 seconds in that last lap and so we're already moving. And I remember getting, I remember seeing Kiprop, and he just didn't look good. I went right by him. And then I'm like, okay, on to the next one. And then I see these guys kind of like, it, not not as though they were in slow motion, but it was just, it, you know, just kind of, it just seemed like they were coming back. And I was like, I have to go. I have to go. I was like, it's, you know, I need to go. And so then I'm kind of, um, kind of veering off maybe into like lane two slightly, you know, just to pass a couple of these guys. Uh, I get to the curve with 200 meters to go. And and at that point, there's already several guys on right, like tucked in into the curve. And I, you know, so I can't pass, pass them in lane one. So I'm veering off into lane two, um, and passing guys on the curve. And that kind of, I felt like that kind of helped me slingshot into the final stretch. Um, You know, and and so then at that point, you know, I'm in fifth or sixth, you know, place, and then I'm I already have this momentum coming in, and I'm I'm getting ready to pass a couple more guys, and and that was like more motivation to 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 continue pressing more, right? And so I just remember seeing it was as though they were starting to come back, including McLoofy, right? Yeah, I was I was I really thought that you you know, and and, yeah, I really thought that I I was going to get a chance to. To, to you know, to get close to him or to to actually pass him, um, but it was one of those things, right? I, you know, when I finished, I, I think the result was you know I think he ran three thirty four one and I ran like three thirty four four or something. So it was actually by tenths of a second.
0: Yeah. So how would you describe his kick? Because it came from his was from far out, and yeah. I guess it started to you know taper out a little bit at the at the very end. Your kick, I guess, might have been harder from a shorter distance what i guess because you were all the way in the back going into the to the last lap how do you bring him go and you're just like oh man wow
1: <laughs> yeah so so as you know the, the, the group started moving out uh probably about 600 meters ago is when everybody kind of really started made um they kind of engaged uh in, into that into that certain pace and you know where you kind of go faster and with 400 meters to go it's like everybody's already you know running you know, approximately, you know, 52 second pace. Right. So it's like, you know, um, he kind of, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it from the, from kind of in the back and, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not far off, but I'm not, I'm not very close either. And I see, you can kind of see it right where, where with 300 meters out, he makes this super aggressive move. Um, they really already kicking for home. Right. And yeah. <laughs> at, at that point, uh, you know, I, I would, I would say that, you know, that, that particular move is, is you know, uh, <laughs> to, you know, and excuse my language, I would say it's very, it's a very ballsy move, right? Because, yeah. You know, you're, it's like, you're it, it, like the, usually when you're kicking from that far out, you, you're, you're almost kind of betting against yourself or the odds, <laughs> are, the, the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> so the odds are not in your favor. Um, and so, yeah, he made this very aggressive move and and just kind of, you know, he had the lead kind of going into the last 200, which which worked out perfectly for him. And he just held everybody off.
0: Right. So you mentioned two other races. What are the two other races that really stand out to you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm going to say the, the, uh, the 1500 meters, uh, in Monaco when I was, so this is kind of interesting, right? I, I ran, um, uh three thirty at age thirty. <laughs> so I, you know I, I thought that was really cool. Um, so you know it's kind of like um you know every year, and I think this you know this kind of goes for everybody, right? every every year people have to prove themselves, right? And then it was one of those things that i you know I felt like I, I had to continue proving myself that I was you know in in the sense you know still worthy of being there, right? Um, you know because I think as a runner and as a competitor people always think like that, you know? And I think it's okay to think like that, right? Cause that's, that's what gives us the motivation to, to push ourselves. And so, you know, with, um, I, I remember, you know, I had won USA championships and, and then it was like, you know, I get into Monaco, um, you know, and that, that particular race was just, again, that, that just felt like magic as well. <laughs> Cause it was just kind of like, um, I mean, it was just you know, a race goes out so fast. I mean, for the 800 meters, for the half, you know, for 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 half, you know, which is, um, it, it goes out like in 152, 153, which, you know, some some people's PR <laughs> is, is that, right? So, at that point, you know, like you know, we're going through, you know, I probably went through like 154 or something through through the 800, which is, you know, I, that that's you know, I, when I'm racing or running. You know, that, that's not a, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm in decent shape, 154 is pretty solid. Um, yeah. and so I go through that and I just remember just trying to hold on. Uh, definitely it just, it's one of those things that this race happens, happens so fast and it feels fast. I mean, it, it's not one of like one of those things that where, you know, you see it in slow motion. Cause that, that, that particular race didn't right? but you know, I'm, I'm running against these guys and you know, I finished like, I can't remember if it was a seventh or eighth, and you know, I I still ran three thirty, which was a personal best. Uh, which yeah. I, think it's, I think it's equivalent to like a three forty seven, three forty eight mile, I, right? I, or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, and ridiculous. And, and then at, during that time, it put me at, at at the fifth best or all time in the fit in the fifteen hundred.
0: Yeah. So. After that race, I mean, because you mentioned you were thirty years old. Yeah. And Matt centruits was in that race too and he ran a personal best there and so did the thought ever creep up in your head and it's a it's a it's a lofty thought to have you know the american record someday it's a very bold one and it, but you know for some people who watch the sport it's like okay leo just hit his peak at at, at 30 yeah. so maybe the american record is it would be a little bit tougher for him than it is for Someone like Matt, who's who's a couple of years younger. Uh, so the American record did it ever creep up in your head immediately after that?
1: Oh, absolutely, I, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, man, I should have pushed a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like it's literally. I mean, it's like a second off. I mean, it's like 3:29. I think the exact, you know, tenth of a second, but it's 3:29 something. And so, you know, that that's always been on my mind. That's always been something that's there, you know. And and, and I think that you know, looking at U.S. distance running. You know that's something that um that could be very attainable. You know, and, and you know I, I say you know we got to give credit where credit is due, and I and I definitely think that one of the guys that we have to thank is Alan Webb mm-hmm. because because of him, you know I, I think American distance runner runner running is is where it's at because it's kind of been a stepping stone. So it was it was Alan. Alan was kind of the guy that initiated you know the the super fast running. You know he was running three thirty threes and three thirty fours when you know four flat was super fast and then we see him running and it's like whoa you know can we really do that <laughs> and then you know it, it's like we're all following in his footsteps and then it was kind of like you know step by step so
0: uh and what's the what's the third race that you really like yeah
1: so it was kind of an interesting one and i believe he was in 2015 at the at, at the at the hoko uh one one uh classic in um in california and it was kind of an interesting race because, you know, the previous year was tough and, you know, like I was really trying to, um, like that year, I, you, you know, I, I, and here's the thing, you know, r- running is always tough. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. But, but we like the grind of it. We like the You know, we, we, we like the, the, the lifestyle that it provides. And, and so, you know, going into that race, you know, I hadn't really had a good race. Um, and, uh, and, you know, not, you know, I don't know, you know, and at the same time, I don't, I want to be very cautious the way that I say this, right? Because, you know, I feel like I'm a very, you know, a very, you know, like in my, in my faith, I'm, you know, strong in my faith. And it was kind of interesting because, you know, that particular race, you know, I I felt like I was having like a hard time and just trying to do well in, in, in running and, you know, kind of going through some personal life issues as well. And, um, you know, but it was one of those things I, I hop on the track and gun goes off and, and everything just felt easy. Right. And it was just as though I was able to kind of move through, through the pack, through the runners. And again, kind of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a smaller guy and run running against these six foot, you know, people. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I start kicking for home, and one so one of the things I want to mention is that during this time, um, so California, it was kind of an interesting. So California um, had been going through the drought. I don't know if you remember. It was. It I was do remember this race. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it was this. So then I start kicking for home, right? And and again, remember that I I had had all this kind of turmoil, personal turmoil, and and um, and you know just trying to get back into running and all that. And so I'm going, and I'm kicking for home. And as soon as I crossed the finish line, it was just like it started pouring.
0: I remember this, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I ran, I ran, I think I ran like it must have been like three. It must, it, it, I can't exactly remember. It was like probably 336 or 337.
0: Yeah, I see it right here. It's 338. Yeah, yeah.
1: 338. Okay,
0: 338.
1: Yeah. And so, um, but it was just like, it was just I felt like um you know like the the big man upstairs was with me, right? It was it was so weird because it was like as soon as I crossed that finish line, it was like all of a sudden, like it's just, just it just starts pouring, right? And and mind you that there hasn't been a um you know, there hasn't been rain in, in California during that time, any other time. And so to me it was just so weird how like all of a sudden I crossed the finish line and as soon as I crossed, cross, it just starts like raining. Yeah. Off of it. I was like, man, is this a sign to keep going? <laughs> you know, so that's pretty I don't cool. know that, that for some reason, you know, like, I, you know, and I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but you, you know, it's like, you know, I try to be strong in my faith and, and in God, and I always kind of think about that, and, and and you know, whether it's whether it is or whether it's not, you know, I, I always I'm like, man, that
0: was that was cool, and they canceled the rest of the meet, I think, after that, right?
1: That, that, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> so after that. That was it. <laughs> I, they canceled the meet after that because it, it I mean it, it poured. It it poured so much that it, I mean, it was hailing and it was pouring and, and then they, they they called the meet. So
0: Yeah. Uh I want to know a little bit about your rookie moment in two thousand seven, making your first team, Osaka. What was that experience like for you? Because you know, when we look at it on paper, that team that we sent, you look and uh, Webb, I mean, that's an all-time team. Like, if we got all three of you in your prime, I mean, who knows how much danger that could have been, you know, for someone uh, in, the, in the final, for all three of you in the final. Uh, what what really stands out to you about that first national team that you made, and what was it like, I guess, in team with, with Allen and Bernard? Did they say anything to you before some of these races, or?
1: You know, the um, that, that was a really special moment, too, just because... You know, I remember, you know, making it to Osaka and I'm just new to this. I don't, you know, I'm still in college at that point. I'm still in college. I don't really know what to expect. Um, You know, I'm traveling, uh, you know, literally across the earth (laughs) to to Japan. I've never, uh, you know, besides, you know, during that time, besides Mexico and and maybe one other country, I hadn't really been, you know, on on a flight that long or to a new country and to, and mind you, a country that doesn't even speak English or Spanish, right? Yeah. super new. Right. But, um, you know, I, I knew, I knew that Alan was really strong during that time. I knew Bernard was really strong. And so then I, at that point I knew that I just had to do my best. Um, I think in terms of just, you know, being a rookie then was, uh, one of the things that kind of worked against me was my inexperience at the international level. Right. Um, just knowing how it's one of those things when you're, you're, you're brand new to something you're, you're, you're kind of a little bit more cautious, right. Where I think maybe what I should have done is I should have just kind of ran my own race. Um, But, you know, you start seeing the names of, of countries on, on, you know, instead of seeing university of Texas on people's jerseys, you start seeing like, you know, whether it's Germany or, you know, Russia or whoever, right. You start seeing these, these country names, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. You know, you start, you start thinking, it's like, Whoa, I'm, I feel like I'm in the big league zone, which technically we, <laughs> we are, we were, you know? Uh, so, you know, so that's a little bit different, right. Uh, versus being in college when you're, you know, you're, you're running against like Oklahoma or whoever. Right. So that was like the biggest thing. Uh, well, I, yeah, I do have to share something with you though. Um, so in terms of rick rookie moments, this was kind of funny. So I, one of my roommates was Dathan Ritzenheim.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: um and so I get up, you know, this is probably a couple of days before my race, and I get up and and I'm, you know, I'm gonna go for my shakeout, just kind of shake out. And and he's still in bed and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go shake out. Uh, he's like, Oh, okay. He's like, he's like, How far are you going? I might go with you. I was like, Oh, well, I'm only gonna go 20 minutes. And he looks at me. And he's like, 20 minutes? He's like, why are you even getting out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't really think about it. I was like, eh, you know, and then, so it wasn't until a couple of years later, I'm like, man, he was so right. What do, what, what am I doing getting up for 20 minutes? <laughs> You're 30 to 40 minutes. And,
0: so, yeah, it brings me, because so over the national teams you made from 2007 all the way to 2015. All right. All right. I, I'm now I'm curious. Who were some of these roommates you had?
1: <laughs> you know, I think one of the funnest roommates was Abdi. Abdi. Um, oh, of course. The, the Black <laughs> Hactus. Yeah. He, he's just fun. Like he's just like, he's got stories. Like he, he's random. He's so random. Um, so he was one of the, he was one of the funnest. I'm trying to think back cause it's, it's been, it's been a while. Uh, but you know, he's, he's been, he's definitely been uh, like one of the most memorable and also, and also Dathan as well.
0: Yeah. Who, was there anyone that you had that was like super serious? Like, like you you're just like, I I just got to stay out of their way. <laughs> um,
1: you know, I, I think at that point, a lot of the, a lot of the athletes are, you know, that I, I think everybody at that point understands what, where they need to be just because it, it's, you know, obviously there's times to be serious and there's times to, you know, to be like, to, 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 you know, to be a little bit more laid back and, and USATF actually does a really good job of providing, you know, different services and, and, and areas for athletes to, to do either or both. Right. So that, you know, usually when we're out at, at a, at a you know, a world championship or a, or an Olympics, um, like USATF provides like a game room for people to go in and relax or, you know, there's like a therapy room or, you know, uh, you know, or what, whatever you need. Like USATF has been so good about providing those services.
0: Of all those teams you made, what was the, the hardest, the hardest one? Because I'm sure you've had some close calls like at USA's, where it's, you know, I got I happened to get number three and it was by, you know, the, the skin of my teeth.
1: Oh man. Um, I would say, uh, probably I, it must've been, was that 25th? I'm trying to think. Um,
0: 2015, you got third.
1: Yeah. 2015. I think 2015, was that the one in Moscow? Um, (laughs) I apologize. Moscow
0: was, uh, 2013. This was the one for Beijing.
1: Okay. For Beijing. Yeah.
0: Oh, so the one for Beijing was the one where you just edged out Blankenship.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I think that one was probably the, 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 the hardest one, um, you know, and that and if you know the story, you know, so I edged him out that race. And then for the Olympics, he slightly edged me out. So so he owes me one. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, yeah. So I think in terms of competitiveness, that was probably one of the hardest ones um, in terms of, um, you know, just kind of where I was in my in, in my life. I think 2013 was definitely the hardest one. Um, uh, because there were so many new things and, and just life changing events that had happened, you know, that was after I, um, I, um, after I'd lost my sponsorship with Nike and, you know, I just, um, you know, at that point I actually didn't even have a sponsor. I, um, uh,
0: I remember I, Des Moines, you, yeah, you didn't I, have I, one. yeah.
1: I think I finished second with, without, you know, without that, that support, you know, but right. you know, but looking back, you know, like I'm, I'm always grateful to have had that opportunity with, with Nike, you know, like, you know, they, they took care of me when when they needed to take care of me. And, you know, it was, it was unfortunate that we with that, you know, relationship wasn't able to continue, but you know, that's the fact of life, you know, things change and, you know, it was, it was to, to set me up for something better in the future. And, and for me, that was Hoka Hoka one, one, which, you know, this company has just been incredible. And as we know, they've been changing up the, the running scene.
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so actually we got some listener questions. And uh, someone actually asked about Hoka, but we'll get to that in uh, just a second. So, uh, last question I have before we'll do some of these listener questions is when, when you just I guess like when you are in that last lap, like and and you have these tactics where you just somehow zigzag and and make it work. You pop into any little hole and an opening that you see. That's worked for so long in these last couple of years. Have you? had to kind of like fine tune in your head, like, you know, I can't do this forever. They're catching on to me. They know, they know I'm dangerous when it comes to this last lap. How do you approach now your race taxes? Has it changed at all?
1: Yes. So, you know, what I'll say is that, um, you know, some, some things have changed, but, um, you know, it's, I do, I do feel very confident in my training. And at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, in, in terms of racing, it becomes very instinctual. Um, so, you know, nowadays it's almost like you don't actually exactly know where you're going to start kicking from because, you know, whether it be from, you know, 300 meters or well, you know, 400 meters out, 200 meters out, you know, you know, hundred meters or 50 meters, you know, we, I think at this point you have to always kind of rely on, be confident in your training and know that your training has prepared you to. To do whatever it takes, right? In in terms of competing and, and in terms of winning, um, and and I think that it's it's not it's not you know definitely the runners have gotten better, Um, but it's always you know it's like hey you got to fall back on your training and and know that whatever tactic that you need to you know do um,
0: is there. You've got some newcomers who I guess like guys in recent years. Is there anyone in particular who's making it tougher for your strategy to work? Because like Robbie. He kicks very similarly in that last lap. He'll go. And so does that does – does he – his strategy and his style have a little bit of an impact on the way you have to do things? Or someone like Johnny Gregoric too, he's like – he's got in the last 180. I think he's like the most – one of the most dangerous guys.
1: Yeah, you know, so it's one of those things. I always um, – you know, in, in a lot of my – I am saying a lot of my better races – I always find myself to be ahead of them. So as long as I'm ahead of them, I have nothing to worry about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. There is an additional 20 minutes to this interview with Leo Manzano that you can access if you become a Sidious Mag Track Club Patreon subscriber. So all you got to do is hit the link in the show notes and sign up. You know, you help support the site, help support the podcast. The additional 20 minutes will be there where he answers listener questions, something like, you know, what was his fondest memory, training and running with David Torrance, or uh, where does he keep his Olympic silver medal, and what is uh, his most meaningful and heartfelt experience that he's had sharing that with someone else, plus the famous three listener questions, which Leo has some pretty good answers to as well. So, that does it for this episode of the city smack podcast unless you are a subscriber to the city smack track club patreon in that case listen away but that's it we'll have another show next week we're going to continue to bring on some great and interesting guests uh so be sure to Hit that subscribe button, take your friend's phone, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star review. We're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on SoundCloud. Check us out on all those platforms. But I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running.